All right, welcome back to the goalpost. It's been a minute, but we're back now to get you covered on the NFL playoffs. Patrick, welcome back. It's nice to be back, Damian. And I mean, who really cares about the last four weeks of the NFL regular season anyway? I mean, they threw an extra week in there a couple of years ago. It just kind of throws everything off, but we're back just in time for the playoffs. And at the end of the day, that's just really what matters in this league. I think a lot of us were kind of waiting for it to just start. And now that it's here, I mean, it didn't really meet my expectations what happened in this super wild card weekend. But I mean, playoff football is always fun. Yeah, we're going to get into every bit and nook and cranny of this past weekend. But it's pretty crazy to just think back and think of that first Lions Chiefs game and think that we're already, you know, 18, 19 weeks past that now. To think of all that's happened this NFL season, injuries, storylines, rookies, really a great NFL season, all things considered. Um, and especially looking at this past weekend, the dogs were barking and that always makes for some good cinema. And I think there's no better place to start than the Texans 45 and Browns 14 Browns fans cover your ears for this entire segment because this was exactly what you were worried about heading into this game. Like you piece together this season injuries aside, you get Joe Flacco off the couch and then you have to meet a powerful young team at home. Like it, it was almost destined to end this way, Patrick. Yeah, it was Flacco's Flacco's only got so long of uh, until he just self explodes. And he, he even when he was on Baltimore in his prime, he was he was due for one of these games. It was like four good, one horrible four good, one horrible, just continued the cycle. And the horrible Joe Flacco showed up in this game. But, I mean, it, when you, when the game started, like first game of the, the playoffs, and I thought it was going to be a 45-42 game. Like it, was, it was trending that way in the first half. And then, I mean, I don't like to point fingers, and, you know, you don't want to put the blame on one person, but the game did completely change when Joe threw that first pick six and then the next drive throws another and it was it was game. It was game. It's hard not to point the finger. It really is because in in a game that could have swung either way, especially before half. Like it it could have really been a different game going into halftime and those are two mistakes that any quarterback knows and it's why it's the most important position in sports can legitimately put you out of a game that quickly. And you can't come back from a double pick six like that. That is now the Browns worst playoff loss since 1968. And and it felt like the writing was on the wall as soon as the first one happened. Like it, it, it could have been just that much. It, it, you can't give a Texans defense that, you know, hasn't been stellar all year any reason to have momentum at home. And that first pick six, that was that was a beautiful one. You just saw it. It was floating up in the air. You go, okay, that's yeah. way over, way over Njoku's head. And then you just, he gets the ball in his hands and it's just open field with blockers. He's basically just got to beat the O line. And then the second one, it was just like, Joe, what are you looking at here? Like, read a defense. And I like, you think, you know, maybe you, they could bounce back and fight back and show some pride in the second half, but they didn't get any other, any points in the second half. It was just those two picks just, suck the life out of the Cleveland Browns and uh, like defense, offense, special teams. Everything was just a nightmare for them after those two pick sixes. And I mean, the Texans, like, yeah, getting that home field, yeah. yeah, like getting that home field, CJ Stroud in a dome 
in like you saw it in college when that guy is in a in a dome on the turf he is one of the best quarterbacks like in present day it feels like the way he throws the ball he can move and I, like 45 points I know the defense got 14 but what a showing for him in his uh playoff debut and I mean the Texans like they're feisty man yeah. Stroud, Stroud now the youngest QB to win a playoff game past Mike Vick finished with 274 yards and three touchdowns. And I feel like that game legit. uh, The NFL is a lot about narratives. And I feel like that game is just another piece of wiping out the Deshaun Watson history. Like it's, it's a name you don't even want to say in Houston anymore. And CJ Stroud's giving them full reason to like, never remember him essentially. Like he's going to over the next few years, destroy any record that Deshaun Watson previously had there and they're building something new. They they went from being the laughing stock of the NFL with the Jack Easterby shit. Like it it was a months long saga of laughing at the Texans on Twitter, on social media. And this win is just like a huge step in the right direction. Rega- I think regardless of how uh, the Baltimore game goes, but we'll get to that later. Regardless, impressive what the Texans do- uh, did especially with like guys like Nico Collins stepping up without Tank Dell. Like he finished with a ton of yards. He was automatic all game. Yeah, that connection, like even going back to that Colts game in week 18, first yep. play, the Texans got the ball deep. Nico Collins, 76-yard touchdown. And I mean, like you were saying, that just goes to show how important just hitting on your draft picks are for the Texans because like, CJ Stroud, obviously, that is a home run. Will trading up to go get Will Anderson at third overall. He looks like he's going to be a stud in this league. And Derek Stingley Jr. from the draft before Nico Collins, Tank Dell, like all these guys are all so young, and they're all already like massive impact players for this Texans team. And I mean, going back to you saying like rewriting the Deshaun Watson history, it almost happened in Cleveland too. I mean, like if you go and you lose this game. Like I said, like 45-42, and Joe Flacco has got four touchdowns, and he only throws like one pick. I mean, there's probably talk in Cleveland that Joe Flacco is your starting quarterback next year. It's very true. He Joe Flacco either tied or passed Deshaun Watson for uh, touchdowns thrown in a Browns uniform. Yep. How crazy is that? And and how poetic is it that the Texans do this against the Browns too? Like it sometimes it just it works out so so wonderfully and it's getting more and more to be a sure thing that that will go down as like one of the worst trades in NFL history. Yeah, I if we're going to look at some bright spots, some spin zones for the Browns, Miles Garrett probably wasn't 100% and it really showed down the stretch in the Absolutely. regular season, the playoffs. He was almost a non-factor really in these games. You're going to get Nick Chubb back. Like that's huge. And then you just got to hope that I don't hope, but I, I so you have to hope Deshaun finds his game that he had in Houston because he really hasn't shown any signs of that in Cleveland. But I, I think the Browns will be like kind of right in this same spot again next year, like around that five spot, maybe have a chance at the division. But it's such a is, loaded roster. It, yeah. It's hard to bet against the Browns doing well next year. Like they're going to. Yeah, you're right. They're going to finish with 10, 11 wins and and presumably be back in this spot that's when the quarterback situation really comes into question yeah it was obviously you know a very disappointing game but 
you have other things to look forward to. In a way, it's impressive you even got the fifth seed with Joe Flacco coming in and saving your season, really. so It really is. I mean, yeah, you definitely wanted to win that game. You were favored on the road, and you got blown out. But, I mean, the Texans, Texans seem like a, like a real deal team, and I think you could see both of these teams meeting in the playoffs again next year. Yeah, legitimately. I could I could totally see that happening. Um, but all things aside, you're right. A good season considering the injuries that they had. Uh, and that'll bring us to the next injury-riddled team that got blown out. Chiefs 26, Dolphins 7. In one of the coldest games in NFL history, it was freezing. That was all the coverage leading up to it. We even had guys on the Chiefs reaching out to CFL players, asking them on how to deal with the cold. I kind of love that. I, I hated seeing that leading up to game day. It was like something that I loved hearing from the Chiefs. But that was just a a sad game from the Dolphins. They went out really, really sad. That a combination of bad play calling, bad quarterback play, and like the second ranked Chief defense in the NFL with the Chiefs just destroying this offense like they put so much pressure on to so much pressure on the receivers and it all crumbled like the I feel like the book's been out on Miami for this season like it, teams just had a playbook and they followed it yeah that was definitely a frustrating frustrating game for the Dolphins as a whole it felt like they just they had the one Tyreek Hill touchdown like late in the first quarter early second quarter and it was like okay there's some life. It's it's a one score game now. We, we can build off this, but they just never built off it. Like they never gained that that motion that we're so used in like flow and offense that you're so yeah. used to seeing Miami like get into. And like my, Miami has been struggling, I would say a little bit on offense down the stretch, but you're still putting up 20, 21 points. Like three touchdowns a game is still like that's solid for them. But this game, it just it it felt like, like you said, like they just really couldn't get anything going. And I think it was it was sixteen to seven at half or nineteen to seven, but it felt like it was like twenty six to seven or twenty. Yeah. Like it just it was one of those games where Dolphins couldn't find anything, and it's not even like the Chiefs really outplayed them, but they just did enough things correctly yeah. where it just added up in the end, and they they came away with the win. Yeah, they, the Chiefs played their game like they were really never knocked off their game. That, that was really where the injuries to the Dolphins defense really stood out. Like no Jalen Phillips, no Bradley Chubb, no Van Ginkle, no Xavier Howard, no Javon Holland. Like these are all Pro Bowl guys and and not having them there really, really affected the Dolphins. It, it was sad to see kind of the first fully healthy season from Tua coincides with the season that your defense just gets, you know, absolutely picked apart. Um, so I think that that's something that's positive to look forward to for the Dolphins franchise is that if you if this team is fully healthy, they probably keep that second seed and then have a home playoff game in Miami. Who knows, right? So it's it, it it's going to be the key for this team moving forward is having home field advantage. It, it the script is kind of out on that that cold weather game like if you're playing in the warm all season cold weather games aren't easy and that's you see that and it's something that you know the Texans are gonna kind of have to consider even going up to Baltimore next weekend um but yeah one for 12 on third down not much else to say from the Dolphins a bit you know it, it's kind of past the point now but some brutal calls for roughing the pass around Mahomes I think letting him change his helmet after it broke and they're just like, no, nah, no, nah, stop the game clock. 
like don't make him do a timeout let's let's figure this out together like that that stuff's infuriating and i spoke to you a bit about this before about it felt like nobody was on like really rooting for the dolphins in that game which is interesting considering it's like the empire you're going against the chiefs that that's my two cents no and you're definitely not like you're not wrong in in what you said and especially on that roughing the passer call it was it, there was a hold that was just not called leading up to it. It was an incomplete pass. It would have been third and 20, maybe second and 20. And instead, you just give them a free first down and 15 yards to throw them in the red zone. Like I'm not saying that that was the difference in the game, but it's it's calls like that that just frustrate you, uh, especially when you're looking to make some plays for Miami. You need some bounces to go your way, and just nothing really did in that game. And I mean, no. like Jalen Ramsey was the only healthy player in the secondary. Like the Dolphins, it, it your your playoff game was against the Bills in Week 18. Like that that was the game they needed to win. They needed to get home field, and unfortunately, they didn't. And it it really showed that you know, I think it would have showed for 80 percent of the teams in the league playing in that cold weather. Like that that's going to hurt you, Kansas City. It helps them. Mahomes is used to playing in that. And there's been a lot of talk about Chiefs receivers kind of they stink. They're killing the they're killing Mahomes, whatever. Rasheed Rice stepped up big time in this game as a rookie, uh, much to much to the dismay of Rex Ryan, uh, as we were talking about before. Holy who, shit. Who man. said Rex Ryan Rex Ryan was saying Rasheed Rice struggles getting yards in, in warm weather and all this stuff. But like if you look down the stretch, Rasheed Rice was on a nice kind of five game heater going into the playoffs. And I mean, he picked up where he left off. Travis Kelsey had some drops, which I mean, we'll see. We'll see if that comes back to bite them in the butt later on in the playoffs. But I mean, you got to give credit to the chiefs in, in a way though, because they did just kind of go out there. They stuck to their game plan. They made plays when they had to. And I mean, it's, it's tough to hold that dolphins offense in check. And, and they just, they did it. But yeah. I, I got one question for you. I guess maybe two. Uh, where where are we at with with Tua? I see some things getting thrown out there. People are are done with them. And where are you at with uh, McDaniel? I think I'm I'm with Tua. I'm at the spot where I think a lot of NFL teams get held hostage by rookies going into their next deal. Like it, we've seen it time and time again. It becomes like a huge dilemma where either we're paying this guy now, you know, $50 million or whatever the next going rate is for these new quarterbacks, or, you know, we're going to the draft and starting this thing completely from scratch. It's almost like there's, you know, like a four or five year window for a rookie player. And then you, you reset the team. Uh, but I think that this playoff loss and especially how to have played down the stretch, he lost himself a lot of money. And I think that's clear to both sides. I think it's also clear to both sides that they both want him back in Miami. So I think that we'll get, I think it'll end up with Tua getting brought back to the Dolphins on a discount rate, essentially for what, you know, a guy who led the league in a number of different categories this year. So I think that all things considered, I want Tua back. I, I think that, you know, as opposed to the next random project, whoever it is, you're better with the guy you know than, you know, the devil you don't. Yeah, and I, I think, I don't disagree. Like, I feel like you can get him on somewhat of a, of a bridge deal, kind of a prove-it deal out of this rookie contract yeah. because, like, I, I, I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I also don't think you want to commit to him to 
for five years right now with, you know, seeing the playoffs, it's hasn't been great. I mean, and some injury trouble in the past. Uh, I, my personal opinion on what I watched is that kind of McDaniel did not set him up for success in that game with the yeah. plays that were being called. It was a lot of just bubble screens. They just abandoned the run immediately. And it was kind of what the Dolphins offense has been doing all year. It's like you're running it decently. Most there was finally starting to get some momentum in the ground game in the second quarter. And they just they just completely abandoned. I don't even know Moser got a carry in the second half. It was I just don't understand his play calling. And yeah, I, I yeah, just want to know what to McDaniel. Now to yeah. McDaniel. I think that McDaniel has been given time and time again opportunities to really write the script on how he's coached some of these games down the, the stretch. In the post game, he goes, we thought we had the right game plan, but it turns out we didn't. They were really attacking our receivers. It's like, dude, like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? It's It's been the script on Miami all year is to stop them on first and second down and force a third and long where you know they have to pass it, and then you just pressure their receivers. It, it's a very simple script. And it's something that the run game has opened up when you go against it. Like you have a chain and Mostert who could have opened up the run game. They had a bit of trouble with it early on, but that's been the case all year. Like in all the games where those two running backs have done well, it's kind of been a slow build, especially for a guy like Mostert, who's a bit older. So I think that McDaniel really, really did like kind of set them up for failure it, it turned into a point where it's like is something wrong with Tua like why aren't they throwing it over the fucking middle yeah Simple no as I, that. it was ridiculous yeah. it, it was just evident especially in the second half it it just didn't even really feel like they were trying to score it, like there was no. no urgency I mean like out of them it's like you need no. to go get points you're down two scores and you're throwing bubble screens and and like slants like <laughs> nuts dude it was it was weird there was no but... hurry up there was no sense of urgency at all it, it it was sad to see man like they they got out coached pretty much in 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 last five games going down the stretch yeah and, and i mean that's that's never good but similarly to the browns i do think the dolphins will be back next year especially if you you can avoid in this spot half the injuries you you yeah suffered on defense i i think the dolphins will be back tough going against the chiefs and on the road like that yeah and uh that's pretty much it uh we'll we'll now shift to a catastrophic i'm going to label this loss packers 48 cowboys 32 don't let that score distract you or dax 403 yards and three touchdowns distract you this was a classic Cowboys playoff game. Like I felt it felt like everybody knew this the entire week leading up. Like everybody was heavy on the Packers spread. Everybody was heavy on kind of the Cowboys not being able to to slay their demons. And that's exactly what happened. It's it, like you couldn't have predicted this game any easier. Yeah, here we go. I, I I can't believe Dak's got to get rid of that immediately next year. Uh, I think it's Mike so McCarthy's bad on a it's won. so bad on a incomplete pass, dude. Yeah, well, it's it's even worse when you're down four scores in the second quarter. It, like, cut it out, dude. Go to a different cadence. That's crazy that you're still doing that. It's all cute when you're up three scores, uh, and you know your Ceedee Lamb's got 150 yards, and and you got three touchdowns. 
But yeah, when you're down 28 nothing and you've thrown two interceptions, it, it doesn't really play anymore. No. And wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I figured this game wasn't going to be easy for the Cowboys going into it, especially like if you're giving Jordan Love nice, you're in a dome. Jordan Love has shown that he can throw a ball well. The, the Packers receivers have stepped up all year. But I mean, I don't know if anyone saw like this coming, especially with just Dak. Dak seemed like it was his, he was a rookie again, and it, it and it was his first game in the league. It, it was like it he was on such different pages with his receivers that it looked like he was new to the offense. Yeah, they couldn't run the ball, they couldn't throw it. It it just looked so bad. And I know the you know the Cowboys they choke in the playoffs, whatever. There's that whole narrative, but this year they seemed to have a better regular season than most. And like they're high powered offensively, you know, a little bit of exactly like I was thinking they were going to pull this one off, then suffer heartbreak in the divisional round. But this is, this is worse for them, but great for the, for fans like us, Damien, because we had to see the Jerry Jones reaction videos. What the hell happens with Mike McCarthy? Dak, like there's just so many questions in Dallas after this game. And I, I genuinely don't know where they go from here. Dude, they're doing Mike McCarthy like a politician. They want to get out of office. Like the second they lost that game, I saw somebody post on Twitter the video of him in his first press conference saying he lied and didn't watch. He's like, I, I got to admit, I didn't watch every every play of the 2019 season. <laughs> He's just like fully lying. Mike McCarthy, any of the worst coaches to get camera shots on a loss because he just looks like such a dumb idiot. Uh, when it pans to him and most of this is is I think on the Packers though like Matt LaFleur out coached the hell out of Mike McCarthy in this game Jordan Love was absolutely slinging it like some of those touchdown passes especially the one where he cocks the sidearm looks a little Mahomesy, and he just kind of dominated and and it was an Aaron Jones legacy game his last three touchdown game was in 2021 and I want to share some stats with you here This guy is a boogeyman for the Cowboys. In four games played, he's got 488 yards rushing, 115 yards receiving, and nine touchdowns. Not bad. Just unstoppable. Yeah, that's they they kept saying that on the broadcast too. I didn't really go back and look at the stats that you just mentioned, but that is uh that's worse than I I like thought it was gonna be. I was like, oh, you know, he he does well against the Cowboys, gets a touchdown here and there, but no, that is pure domination against the Cowboys clearly has their number, but yeah, going back to Jordan love perfect passer rating. He, he was just, he could do no wrong in that game in like back foot throws, sidearm throws on the run. All like, all it was amazing. And like Romeo Dobbs, uh, Dontavian Wicks, like all these young receivers have grown so much this year. And the Packers, man, like, they had to win and get in and they kind of had to win all the way down the stretch. And I feel like that's an advantage for this team, similar to Houston, where it's like there you've been playing playoff, even the bills, like these teams have been playing playoff games for the past five weeks, kind of. And yeah, they're used to these moments. And I mean, the Cowboys, like they've kind of been chilling for the second half of the season, especially with Philly just collapsing and they just got the division through that. Yep. It kind of showed a little like, not rest versus rust, but just there was more urgency in the Packers and they just came out ready to play from that first snap. And it took Dallas until 
the second half when Dak wanted to start stat padding to like start playing football. No kidding, man. And how much, how great would a Packers Texans game? Like you almost wish that those two teams could meet in, in the next round here. Cause they're, they're really similar in a lot of ways. And the Packers just had a perfect game plan for this. Like, and kudos to the, the Packers defense too. Like they, they've been stepping up and making plays all year. They're kind of like the backbone of this team and, and what allowed this team to make a run down the stretch. Um, Jair Alexander, like just backing up all the shit talk. The pack is back, baby. Uh, we'll get to their next round uh, matchup a little bit later, but they're hot right now. Like there's no denying that they're, they're not a team you want to play. No, yeah, Joe Brady probably saved his job a little bit in that game. Like, Packers fans were kind of coming for his head. Like, I, I don't know. I I don't know. Steelers fans do it too. But, like, I don't understand negativity towards your team when you're winning games and you're, like, getting in the playoffs. But, like, the defense, they showed up. They made plays. They, I guess they forced Dak into throwing interceptions or Dak just felt like doing it himself. But, no, it's Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud, like, that's the future like yeah. it's it's shown and it's i'm very jealous of green bay going from Favre to rogers to love they clearly have some sort of formula there where it's like hey sit sit with a clipboard in your hands for two maybe three years and you're going to be ready like day one you're going to know this offense you're not going to be unprepared for anything and jordan love just got better throughout the year same with cj stroud really and these two guys like yeah, I, I would love a Packers Texans Super Bowl. I, I think the storylines would be so fun in that game, and I would hammer the over, what, whatever it is, because they're just gonna throw it through in the Vegas roof, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it's interesting that they're both like kind of pure pocket passers, like the you know love, and they they move a little bit, but in, in the sense of it, like they both came in as you know more pure passing guys, and and it's good to see that those guys are still kind of excelling while you know the quarterback position changes a bit um but we will now move on to the last game of saturday night where the lions get their first playoff win in 32 years lions 24 rams 23 this was a track meet in the first half and then really kind of turned into a defensive grudge match in the second half um but the Lions did enough. Like there was times where it was really looking kind of sketchy, um, but they did enough to kind of get that first win. And I think that now that you have the monkey off your back of that, it, it could do a lot for this team. Oh, for sure it can. But I also see it as a way where now that they, you know, they've won the division, they get their playoff win. It almost feels like they're done. You know what I mean? Like it's, like it's, it's all house money now. It's like we did what we had to do. You know, we, we got it. It's all good. Monkey off our back. And it's almost like, are they going to show up next week? Are they going to be ready to play? Or are they still going to be celebrating with the fans that got it 32 years? And you know, the fans are thinking, you know, we're good. Like they got the win. It's all good. But no, that this was far and away the best game of the weekend. It, it really wasn't even close. The only game that was competitive throughout. And the Rams, the Rams kind of dominated the second half even though there's only nine total points scored it felt like the rams had every time it was like they're they're right on the edge of their in field goal range they need a first down again in the red zone and they just couldn't get that next first down and that was the difference in the game you lose by one point you find a way to turn one of those field goals into a touchdown you win the game and unfortunately they couldn't do it um shout out to the Lions defense for making some game changes in the second yeah. half and 
It was really through. bend don't break, like a perfect example of bend don't break defense. They were giving them just enough to like limit them to field goals or three and outs the entire half. The Lions the de- offense didn't look great in the second half, but they did enough. And, and that last first down going from Goff to Amon Ra, St. Brown, like what a what a great way to finish it. Those have been two horses for them all year. St. Brown finishes with 110 yards. On the other side, Puka Nakua setting another record. He sets the rookie receiving playoff record with 181 yards, gets a touchdown. Like, he's just nuts. It, it, it's video game numbers every week with that guy. Stafford finished with 367 and two touchdowns. Like, this pretty much on all accounts was not a bad game by the Rams. They just kind of made some. That was essentially it. Touchdown they didn't finish drives goals instead of touchdowns, not finishing yeah. drives and a few few mistakes on on coaching side. That was a weird timeout by uh, or lack of timeout by McVay there. Um, but other than that, I thought they played a pretty good game. No, they did, man. And like I said, like it did, it genuinely felt like they had the ball the entire second half, really, because Detroit was just going three and out, three and out. They just kind of tossed Gibbs to the sideline, too, which was shocking to me because Montgomery was definitely running the ball with success, but when when Goff would check it down to Jameer Gibbs, it was 15 yards, no problem, almost every time making two, three guys miss. So it, it felt like, in a way, both teams kind of went away from their offensive game plans. Like the Rams kind of just stopped running the ball with Kyron Williams, which, I mean, that was shocking to me because they rode him the second half of the season. So I think there was a lot of overthinking from the coaching staff on both sides here, but... In the end, Dan Campbell and the boys, like he, you knew he was given some some crazy raw raw speech at halftime in that game. There's maybe some tears coming out of his eyes, like we gotta do this for Detroit. And I mean, they did it. It was not pretty yeah. though. Like they, like I, in a weird way, I'm not confident in the Lions. I don't know why I'm coming out feeling that way in this game, but that second half, three points. Well, I don't it was, know. It's really, I, I, an ugly you know, end of the season, kind of that stretch where they almost lost to the bears and then they lost two or three, like things were kind of looking a bit shaky there. And the first half seemed to silence that like the first half was the lions that, you know, and that can be dangerous and put up a ton of points. And then the second half was exactly what, you know, those games were full of, which was like mistakes on offense, just not being sharp enough and kind of, just being lazy on offense. And and that's why, you know, there's questions about the Lions still like they, that Bucks team, which we will get to shortly is feeling it right now. And, and that game is going to be in a dome. The Bucks offense is dangerous. Like we'll get to that later, but it's not insane to be a, a tiny bit skeptical about the Lions right now. I think, I think if this game was in LA, the Rams win it. Like it felt like that crowd in, oh, in Ford Field was definitely worth a point in this game. That it felt like a college stadium. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It, it after that first touchdown, you just knew it was gonna explode, and it did. That place gets rocking. You could tell the fans were waiting for it. Like I said, the first playoff win in 32 years. Now the Dolphins hold the record because they have not won a playoff game since 2000. Just got hit with that ricochet, dude. Like they won that game and they started saying that stat. And I was like, Hey, you, you knocked that off. The Steelers Uh, can't be too far behind. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, 
Yeah, moving on to the Steelers. I think it's time to talk. Bills 31, Steelers 17. There's a lot there's a lot from this game. This was a kind of a classic classic game that everybody expected to happen. I think the Steelers held their own a lot more than people thought. Uh but my initial reaction was like you missed TJ Watt in this game. Oh, definitely. They're now 1 and 11 uh since TJ has been drafted without him in the lineup. Which I mean, MV- MVP argument there, but uh, no, it's it was a disgusting start. I I thought the it was going to be like thirty five to seven final score the way the first quarter was going, just uh, bad turnovers. It felt like Fryermuth tried to make another fumble there to go the other way. Like after you get your biggest play of the game for like thirty yards, it's like yo, yeah, like let's fumble it for fun. Uh, it was it was frustrating to watch, really, because they didn't play horrible. Like they didn't. It was if you break it down, the the two plays that killed them was the George Pickens fumble, which literally one play later touchdown, and then in the second quarter when the Steelers drive the entire field, and it's like okay, some momentum. You make it fourteen to seven, and Mason Rudolph throws an interception, and then they turn that turnover into points for them. That's a fourteen point swing. That Turnover was the battle was brutal. Yeah. Because the way the Steelers got into the playoffs too was winning turnover battles. It's like you aren't turning the ball over, they are, and then you're taking advantage of the turnover. So the second I saw them kind of fumbling the ball, I knew bad news. This is not good. <laughs> this is not what was happening in the regular season when they were winning games. But yeah, yeah, the Bills were a better team. I, I think it's yeah. easy to see that. And I think it goes to show like what what how much it helps having a a quarterback just like a quarterback that can just make plays when when it everything seems to be breaking down they can go out and get it done for you Steelers did not have that with Mason Rudolph and the Bills did and it it really showed especially on that like 50 50 yard touchdown run some of the passes he was making outside the pocket for first downs can I ask you about that 50 yard run as as somebody who is familiar with Kenny Pickett and familiar with the fake slide rule that now exists in college football, Josh Allen put pulled pull a bit of a fake slide there. Yeah, it, it definitely looked like it, but at the same time, you can I can I think it's just he's such a big guy who's not very agile. You know what I mean? He, he's yeah. not making those cuts, so I he's think he went down. He was wheeling, he's wheeling, he's yeah. wheeling. He's a heavy load. He's a heavy load, and he just kind of had to slow his body weight down. Yeah. Definitely looked like one though, just because it wasn't pretty in how he moved his body and like the safety was coming up. Yeah, and then the ne- and then stopped. the next the next drive, yeah, the safety kind of stopped and then he kept going. And then the next drive, they get flagged for roughing or or for roughing the pass or, or no, not roughing the, pass on the right. game. Yeah, yeah it was on. like unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary late roughness. Hit yeah, it. when he when he slides, so it's it's tough to see those back to back. It's tough getting snowballs thrown at you in the end zone. There's shit Always. like that that is just so infuriating. Um, Brace yourself for that, Kansas City fans, because that, yeah. that's coming for you next. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it was frustrating that game. Uh, it's not like the calls were going to make any real difference in the game. Like I said, the turnovers was the turnovers and the quarterback matchup was the difference in this game. Buffalo was a better team. But I mean, that, that like lineman just crunching Joy Porter Jr. from behind in the head, concussion. Yeah, over the game. How does that happen? I don't know. On that 50-yard run, the center was clearly holding Eric Rowe, who I don't know if he would have made the tackle, but he went to go try and make the tackle on Josh Allen, 
wasn't allowed to because someone had his jersey, but we're not allowed to call back Josh Allen highlight plays in, in the NFL. And I think it goes to show. So, I mean, we'll get into the the future matchups, but I think that could be a storyline with Allen and Mahomes. Who gets more calls? Who gets who, who gets, gets more calls? Right? Like, yeah. It's your parents' two favorite children oh, going at that, it. That is that is an NFL's wet dream right there. Getting getting the Bills Bills and Chiefs. Yeah. But some might say, yeah. But it feels it, like the Steelers need to go get a quarterback badly because they I was they, about to ask you. They yeah. with that loss, now they have it's solidified. They have the twentieth overall pick. Classic Steelers fucking territory. Yep. Do you, eighteen to twenty every year? Yeah. Do you go out and get a a, a quarterback with this twentieth overall pick? I feel like you have to. Uh no, no, not with the draft pick. I want another. I would love another corner. Because it it felt like the the tight ends. Every time you go and play a decent tight end, they they have a game against the Steelers. So I love yeah. another like uh, a Mike Hilton, like a uh, someone who can actually cover in the slot, and uh, maybe another safety. But uh, the that's quarterback your, that's your Steelers fan brainwashing, and you you're just like, no, I would like a very good defensive player, please. Tell just us, give like, me a safety. <laughs> Someone, we, Damien and I played beer league together on Monday nights. We had a game last night. Someone mentioned the name Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins hangs in that game a little bit more than Mason Rudolph. I, oh, I know. Oh, yeah. I think the Vikings would have made the playoffs if he didn't get hurt. Yeah. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I, like that's how I feel. Like Obviously, I know there's definitely a narrative around Kirk, but I don't know. He, the guy can throw a football. And yeah. Kenny Pickett and can't really. If you guys have an arm like Kirk Cousins in that game and could use George Pickens deep and air out the Bills' defense a bit, I think that's a completely different game. Yeah, like I would go free agency for a quarterback or make a trade like Justin Fields. What's up? I don't don't know what the Bears are doing with that first overall pick, but I, I would gladly take Justin Fields on the Steelers, and then... That would be super interesting. And then maybe draft uh, a quarterback in like the fourth round and just see see if maybe he works out. And it's because sometimes that happens. You know, Dak Prescott, fourth rounder, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Like, sometimes when you build around the quarterback very well, you don't need you don't need a, a Mahomes back there to win you yep. some games. No, it's true. It's very true. Um, and we'll go now to the last game of the weekend, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Ray J absolutely embarrassed the Eagles thirty-two to nine, and the Eagles go out with one of the saddest ends to the season. Like one thing about you know Miami had a terrible end to the season the Cowboys and the Eagles like it, it's it feels like it got absolutely shoved under the rug uh Sirianni is now two and six after that infamous Chiefs video I mean he's getting fired right I would expect that to happen I uh, the only the only counterpoint to that is that he has made the playoffs every year since he's been their head coach but after, I think they were legitimately the worst team in the NFL after that Chiefs video. Yeah, like they were pretty much. They lost twice to the Giants, uh, and they they like two and six. Like they just kept losing games, and they weren't. The Bucks put up nine points against the Panthers last week, and then you go and put up 32, 32 
on the Eagles, who Matt Patricia is supposed to be some savior back there. It was it, disgusting what Dude, I saw out of Philly. Their defense looked so bad, like Bradbury. Like, they were getting blown. That last, like, 76-yard touchdown that the Bucs scored, he was running through, like, peewee players. They were, like, barely even making tackle attempts on them. One of the weirdest ends, like, to a team that I've seen in a long time. It seemed like nobody liked each other on the sidelines. Nobody liked each other on the field. Like, Devontae Smith finished with 148 yards, and, like, you could have told me he didn't. Like, it, it, he was the only player that seemed to be still on page with like what the Eagles were trying to do. And other than that, it was just abysmal. Yeah. He Devonte Smith had like an all time dirty Jersey game. Like his whole body yeah. just covered in grass stains and dirt. Like it was like, Hey, this guy's playing football. Yeah. What are the rest of you doing? Yeah. Jason Kelsey's retired today. Feel like there could be a couple more retirements. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, who knows Lane Johnson. Like all these guys are so old man and the like, window Sirion, is snapping shut dude it's over yeah. i'm i can i feel confident going out and saying the the eagles current window is over they can go and make moves and try and open up another one but this current window is now closed i wouldn't be shocked if they went below 500 next year jalen hurts dude uh it, congrats on your bag that might have been the most premature contract we've it's, seen in a long yeah. time no kidding, dude. Like it's, they are locked in with Jalen Hurts, and it was like a Jalen Hurts disaster class. Like all the things that that you could have poked wrong in Jalen Hurts's game leading up to this happened in it. Like it was, they were ineffective on offense. They didn't look like it was like similar to Dak in in Dallas. He didn't look like he was on the same page as any of his receivers. You see Goddard and him getting into it on the sidelines. Actually, no, I'll say this. Goddard was showing emotion on the sidelines. Hertz was looking like a mannequin and just like not even saying anything back. He, he Even in like moments like this, he doesn't show any emotion. No, I know. And it's like, I mean, Tua still on his rookie contract. Hertz and Tua were in the same draft. Yes. You already gave Hertz. You gave it to him last year in the offseason, I guess. But still, yeah. like, I don't understand the rush to just pay this guy. I guess you thought, you know, maybe if he keeps going on this path, it'll cost us even more. But man, that has, from what I saw last night, like obviously, you know, coaching changes and just overall culture changes in Philadelphia could do him a lot of good. But wow, like it was, it was, you're running your backup running back. You're putting your backup running back in there. You're throwing screens on second and 16. Then you go out on third and 16 and then Hertz is getting sacked because you can't block five or more guys. It looked like they had no game plan. Like yes. legitimately looked like the Eagles had no game plan for that game last night, especially in the second half. Like it was a manageable score going into the second half and the Bucks dominated the second half. Like it was, it was ridiculous. Shout out Baker Mayfield, dude. He's doing his thing. Like he, he had, you know, spouts of, or like little like spurts of looking really, really good this year. And he was a bit inconsistent, kind of flopped back and forth, but in big moments, like this guy kind of shines as of late, at least. It's a, it's a big F you to Cleveland also for him. I'm sure like, yeah, I, I still, I go back and I think about that, how they just kicked him to the curb after how brutal they were. And he got them to the playoffs, got a playoff win against a division rival. And then you just kick him to the curb. 
Baker Mayfield's a solid NFL quarterback. Yep. Solid. And, and he'll be in this league for a long time still. Like he he'll be playing for the next ten years. Yeah. Like if yeah. if the Steelers went and got him this year, they would have had a better chance in that Bills game that like teams like that Absolutely. where it's like Baker is not bad and I I think he was playing practice league defense for the for the Panthers. That video went around playing practice practice team defense in team practice, and it's true. It's like it it really going back like Browns fans, especially after a loss like that. Like how do you how do you even cope with that? No, I know. And, And the best part about Baker, well, the best and worst part, when he gets going like this, he genuinely thinks he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like in his it. brain, his swag and confidence is is indescribable, really. And you don't see it in any other quarterback in this league. And he has it. Like it's so true. He's dripping off him in the post game press conference. Like he, he he was given so many. Like oh, how fun was that? Hey, eh? like he's just yeah. elated. He's on cloud nine. Like that's why, especially talking about the Lions earlier. Like he's that he's dangerous heading into a dome stadium now. Absolutely. And I think the Bucs, like, I believe Baker is a free agent at the end of this year. Just sign him. Sign yeah. him. Like, he, I'm sure he'll want to stay there in Tampa. You want a division with him. You want a playoff game with him. You have to, you have to re-sign him. Baker will be your quarterback. Uh, Mike they're Evans gonna, is the They're going to be question. in the retool pair, uh, like area anyways. Like, this Bucks team isn't rebuilding anytime soon, I don't think. Like, they're going to ride Mike Evans out essentially to the end of his career, I think. Well, yeah, it's like it's like Baker and Mike Evans are free agents this year. Yeah. I think Baker stays. Wouldn't be shocked if Mike went on to greener pastures somewhere. Maybe uh, Kansas City Chiefs. That would be crazy. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Gonna start wow. the rumor mill. He's still so good. Like yeah. that game last night just made it out. like he's still just such a top receiver. And they're dangerous. And I think that, you know, now we'll go we'll come back in a second with our instant reactions on the divisional round. Uh, because that's what this is all leading up to. So we'll come back in a sec. All right, we're back now with our instant reactions for the divisional round. We got some good matchups here. Probably not some matchups that people expected, uh, but we'll start with the Texans going up to Baltimore to play the Ravens. It's opening at nine points. This is a big old spread. And the Texans, they're going to have to prove that they can play in cold weather. <laughs> I feel like they might get the Miami treatment leading up to this game. They were a much better team. Uh, at home rather than away this season, like pretty much in every statistic. Uh, so this is going to be a tough out for them. Like the, you're essentially, I think Baltimore is the toughest matchup in the playoffs right now, based on how they've been playing recently. Um, you could say the same about the 49ers, but I think that, you know, going to San Francisco is a whole lot different than going to Baltimore in January. Yeah. The, the early forecast uh, brought to you by Patrick Hannon weatherman is on Saturday partly cloudy with a high of minus four degrees Celsius. So Ooh. not not like uh, Kansas City kind of weather, but definitely not warm. No. And it probably will play a factor where the Texans have to find a way to find success running the ball, and they really haven't been able to do that uh, no. this year. They Singletary like kind of had some runs in that game, but I think it's because you're up two, three scores in the second half, and 
Yeah, I, I don't know. The Texans need to find a run game if they want to win this game. Not not cover. Like if they want to win this game and keep going, they have to find a running game. And then obviously CJ Stroud has to just keep doing what he's been doing all season long. And I think they do have a chance in this. Like Baltimore rightly favored and at home. Like, yeah, you know the ball Baltimore is gonna keep this ball on the ground, just do try and do whatever they want. Mark Andrews is back as well, which is just huge. Yeah. I don't know. I, I definitely lean Baltimore to win this game, but I don't mind the Texans with nine points. Yeah. It's uh it's an interesting one because this Baltimore team, like their defensive stats are essentially a, a nightmare matchup for any team. Like they're first in a ridiculous amount of categories. Really, really the toughest matchup in the playoffs right now. And I think that you're right about the run game. Singletary is going to have to have like the game of his life in this game. And same with CJ Stroud. Like you, you need a kind of historic playoff performance. You need like 350 y- yards from him in cold weather. Uh, I really like Baltimore in this game. It's if this was in a dome, I would love the Texans to keep this one close. Uh, but I think that Baltimore right now is just too much of a juggernaut. Like they, they dismantled every good team that came in their way. It's really staggering. Like considering the opponents they had going down the stretch and seeing how well they done or how well they did. It's impossible to not like this Baltimore team heading into the playoffs. Yeah. And I also think there, um, there's gotta be some pressure on Lamar because I think that that playoff uh, narrative is starting to form. He's, likely the MVP winner this year. You're the one seed you got to buy. You know, you're going against a rookie quarterback. This is a game you kind of have to win with your like storylines, your career, like to prove it to everyone else that you can like win these games. Yep. Yeah. Like this is, there is pressure on Lamar in this game. It's not going to be free flowing, just like, like nothing to lose. Kind of that's the Texans. The Texans are this team with, Nothing to lose. They're probably going to go in like, let's go in there. Let's just go for broke. Try and take the top off a little bit. And it's it's in Lamar and Baltimore's hands to like control the ball. Keep CJ Stroud on the sidelines. Don't turn the ball over and just take care of business is really what Baltimore needs to do in this game. But we'll see though, because the Texans are, they're in their Saturday at 4.30 playoff spot. I think if they make the Super Bowl, you got to flex it to Saturday at 4.30 if the they, Texans they are in there. They actually might have to. Uh, I'm excited to see like some aggressive play calling from D'Amico Ryans, like an ag- aggressive game plan. You have to pretty much do the opposite of what Mike McDaniel did heading into this game. Like you got to prepare like you're playing the best team on turf here, and you got to throw everything you have at them because what's there to lose? Like. Who cares if you go for broke in this game? Yeah, that that, that seems to be the initial read on it. Um, we'll now go to the other AFC matchup, uh, the one that the NFL was absolutely dying for. It's going to be on Sunday at 630, kind of a nice time. Uh, but Chiefs at Bills. The Chiefs go and play their first road playoff game that isn't the Super Bowl in how many years? It's Patrick Mahomes' first away playoff game, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. other than the Super yeah. Bowl, yeah. Yeah, so just a a kind of a ridiculous stat, but the Chiefs are going to have to kind of prove that they can do this not at Arrowhead. Like, it seems ridiculous to say that about a team with this kind of pedigree and the amount of talent on this roster, but this is a prove-it game for the Chiefs, kind of just as much as it is about the Bills. Uh, Absolutely, and like you said, the NFL is just so happy this game's happening. 
course, they put it in the same spot as that last thrilling matchup they had in the playoffs and in the divisional round. They're hoping for the same kind of theatrics here. I don't know if they're going to get them though. This, this, like I would lean under in this game. I think it's going to be a, a grudge match. I, I think these teams are going to play it safer than they might normally, like than Allen against the Steelers, like where you kind of, it's like you can kind of do whatever you want. I, I think this is going to be kind of a cautious, like I, f- I feel like they're going to feel each other out a lot in the first quarter, especially. And like it's, it's going to come down to the turnover battle in this. I know it's so easy to say and very cliche. But it's it's two and a half point spread could go to two it seems like, and I I don't know the the Bills at home, it's huge like they're gonna be throwing snowballs at Travis Kelsey in the end zone they're gonna be just yelling they're gonna be standing on their feet the whole game and yeah Mahomes has to go and prove that you're not you're not a a, a home playoff game merchant as as the kids online would say like it's you got to go into Buffalo. And and take one away from them, and and then go on to your your AFC Championship. But I don't if know if they win kinda, in Buffalo, yeah. man. Like that, I kind of love them to go to the Super Bowl. It seems like an inevitable thing at that point. It's uh, it yeah, like they're hitting their stride yeah. at the right time, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, Big classic time. Chiefs. Exactly. It reminds you a lot of those Patriots runs, like when they were they seemed completely down and out, and then they would go and win a Super Bowl. Like it, it really is like kind of eerily similar. I love seeing all the memes online about Taylor Swift going to Buffalo and having to stay in Buffalo hotels. That <laughs> those are great. I, I saw those. It was like the, it was with the Hillary Clinton and, yeah. and like yeah, that was that's, that's going to be fantastic. Uh, I, I I've gotten like I've almost gone the other way. Like I think it's kind of entertaining now, especially if like Travis Kelsey drops a ball and then they show like Taylor Swift or some shit. Like it's, yeah, I don't I don't really care. A lot of people are still getting worked up about it. Um, but. I think you're right about the under in this game too. I don't know if this is going to be quite the explosive matchup that they're hoping for, but uh, talk about like having to slay your demons. If you're the bills, like regardless of you playing playoff football, the past, you know, five, six weeks, like this is a mental battle as much as it is on the football field. They are going to be doing everything a little bit like tighter like going through your like you're going to just be thinking more like you're going through your pregame stretches you're just going to be thinking about it it's not going to be you're not going to be flowing you're not just going to be kind of going about your day normally it's the Chiefs are going to be on your mind and that game is that game from two playoffs ago is going to be on your mind and spin zone the Chiefs Kadarius Tony lining up offside that's going to be on their mind too they're like we beat these guys like you know what I mean he was, yeah. a, he was a foot offside but we beat these guys and we can go and do it again and I uh, got a quick uh, quick weather report from your boy again in Orchard Park Sunday high of minus five degrees Celsius and cloudy when it's going to go down to minus 11 at night so it's a night right. game it's going to be chilly there in Orchard Park, but it seems like there's going to be no snow. So kind of similar to, I guess, the Chiefs-Dolphins game, kind of. How crazy was it, by the way, that the Bills game, like, you see all the snow and then the field was just, like, pristine. They needed clear, like a bit sunny skies, dude. Sunny yeah. skies. They needed perfect. Like, that, you look back at those images of that, that Colts-Bills playoff game where the Colts are in white jerseys and you can't even see them, but... I guess Como said, "Let the boys play." Back in back in 2017, I I don't know what happened there, but I would have loved to see it played on the on Sunday at one. I think the Steelers would have kept it a little tighter and maybe covered the spread in that I one. Think, but I think you're right. Um, um, but we'll do go- you lean? Do you lean aside in this game though? Like, do you? Not particularly. I think that 
if anything, I'll, I'll lean Chiefs because I think that they'll be getting a lot more value than they should be. Like right now, they're at plus a hundred on the money line. Like I don't, I don't know if that number gets higher throughout the week. Something tells me that it does. Um, but I love catching two and a half with the Chiefs. Like I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I'm. I'm one of those. It's not. I'd even love a it sucker. at three and a half. I'd love yeah. it at three and a half. You feel like a sucker, but you're not a sucker. It's like, why would I go against Mahomes and, and the Chiefs when they just keep finding ways to doing it to do it? And yeah, I don't know. I don't see why this year is any really different. Like Rasheed Rice stepped up. You just need Kelsey to kind of, hey, buddy, let's let's focus up a little bit here. Mahomes okay? still looks like Mahomes in like every sense of the word. Like backbreaking third downs like it, it, it's it's still all the same shit yeah so exactly. he'll have that he'll have that like 20 yard scramble on like a fourth and three every time yeah. every time uh so that yeah excited for that one that should be a good one uh we'll go over to the nfc now where the packers got to go up to san francisco and play the 49ers this is a tough matchup for the packers i think that having matt lafleur in this game is a big help I think that he's going to do everything he can to like keep the Packers within striking distance. It's a huge spreads, 10 points right now. It's like going up against Baltimore. Like you're going up against Thanos in this 49ers team. It, it, it's a real bad mismatch. Packers have been good at defending the run like all year. It's something that's, that's, you know, going for them in this game, but it's an uphill battle. Yeah, in my mind, uh, this game and the Texans-Ravens game, it's the exact same. Like, you're getting, like, a young quarterback going up against, going on the road to the team that got the bye, and you're you're huge dogs going in there kind of with nothing to lose, playing with house money. I don't know. It's the same game. Yeah, it's it's literally the same game, and, I mean, they're back-to-back, so I hope I don't see the same result if they both get blown out. I want to see good games this weekend. Yeah. But, like... There's there's a storyline kind of forming in Green Bay a little bit here. Like Aaron Rodgers out the door, Jordan Love, the next one coming in, wins a playoff game. He wins his first playoff game. Perfect passer rating. Who is that team that Aaron Rodgers could never beat in the playoffs? The Niners. You're going, you're seven seed, first seven seed to win a playoff game. Going to San Fran, the the world beaters. Can't beat them. Jordan Love. I don't know. I, I like the Packers because of the storyline. Yeah. No other reason. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I, it's hard not to like Matt LaFleur is like, I don't know. There was just something different about this season. It was so much more fun at work. Like, yeah, I fucking wonder why. And it's like, it, it is a really perfect opportunity to like finish passing the torch. Like it's you're, you're past Aaron Rodgers now and you have a future. It's, it's crazy how they did it again, especially given the flack that they took for that pick at the time um, looking back on it, like fuck they'd make that pick 10 times out of 10 again. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a, a good environment at the very least for, for Jordan love to kind of do well in like you'd think, right? Like it, it, it'll be much better conditions. This 49ers defense is not, you know, great to, to head up against it. It really isn't, but, you just had the Packers defense defend Micah Parsons and a very good Cowboys pass rush. Who's to say that they can't do that again against a 49ers defense? Like you, you just kind of did that. No, I know. And it's the Packers have some, some confidence going in, but it's, I feel like the the majority of it is like, we have nothing to lose guys. And yeah. like the, the, all the pressure is on San Fran to once again win the Super Bowl, not even just win this yeah. game. It's like everyone yeah. is expecting San Fran to just walk through the NFC. And 
in a we- in a weird way, maybe San Fran's looking ahead already to that NFC Championship. Like, okay, Detroit's going to be coming in, or Tampa Bay is going to be coming in. Like, you still have to handle your business that's in front of you. And like the Packers, they're one of those franchises where it's like they know how to win games and they have success in postseason. And I don't know, like you said, like Lafleur's a good coach. Like special teams, though, this Anders Carlson guy. He just apparently, I haven't watched a ton of Green Bay through, like throughout the entire regular season. Apparently, he just misses extra points like it's nothing. <laughs> like that will come back to bite you in the butt yeah. in these games, right? Like you need yeah. all all facets of your team going, special teams, Big defense, time. offense. Yeah, yeah, but you say hey, the weather. Another weather report in Santa Clara, California, high as seventeen degrees Celsius on Beautiful. Saturday. So. Beautiful. And, nice, and nice weather for love to sling the ball around. Exactly. And Bosa, you know, loved saying that the cow or that they put out the script on how to beat the Cowboys. Like they were, they were talking or talking all that. And, you know, we did this, we put out the script, but if you want to look like the Ravens kind of, I think put out the script about how to disrupt this 49ers offense. Like I bet you the Packers are crunching a lot of that game tape to see how they, disrupted Brock Purdy like you, you know you get two interceptions from Brock Purdy and win the turnover battle it's a lot like we mentioned in the Steelers Bills game like turnover battle is huge here if the Packers can make the 49ers turn over the ball and score on them like it's feels like a game where you'll just be stealing points the whole time but if you can steal enough like you might actually win this thing Packers just have to find a way to just hang around in the fourth quarter yeah Right, like just keep it a one score game, one score game. You don't even have to be winning, but just like if you get into the fourth quarter in a one score game, San Fran's gonna get tight. I don't know about Brock Purdy in the playoffs. We we had a very small sample size last year of yep. what his capable what he's capable of in the playoffs. And I mean, call me a little crazy, but I think Green Bay has the edge at quarterback in this game. I think I think San Fran has better all around players and better players to throw to and a better offense as a whole. But I think Jordan Love, I weirdly, weirdly, like I, I, once again, I could be crazy, could be a man on an island here, but I like have some confidence in Jordan Love. Like I love yeah. what I see, what I've seen out of him, and he's not scared to make these throws that Brock Purdy might be. If if the Packers beat like a different team, like and it goes back to you saying that the Dallas had like a much better regular season than they had in the past. Like it finally looked and like they had a really talented team and they did like, and, and that's who the Packers beat. Like they didn't squeak into this spot. Like they went out and beat a very talented team that had been kind of dominating all year and did it on the road. So that in itself, you know, should give you enough confidence in this game that the Packers can kind of shake up some noise here. And you're right. I do think, especially coming off that performance, Jordan loves feeling it right now. Brock Purdy's kind of been sitting at home. Yeah, rest, rest versus yeah. rust. I mean, we're yeah, we're gonna see it example. in both of the both of the matchups on Saturday, like yeah. how it plays out. But it doesn't hurt going out and winning a playoff game to go in and then go against the one seed. Like you've won a playoff game already. You've proved that you belong in these playoffs. And these yeah. one seeds, they haven't played at all. So yeah. we'll see how that works out. Yeah, and we'll take us to the last playoff game we've probably been teasing this one the most throughout the episode it is the bucks going up to detroit where the lions host another home playoff game this one is interesting like the the bucks are catching six right now i think that's actually a great number to have them at 
it's a it's a type of game where the Bucks I think keep this close. Like it could be an I think this is an ugly Lions win. Kind of kind of like it was against the Rams if you take yeah. out the first half like Yeah. I yeah, it feels like the Bucks went in and just destroyed their opponent. What was in their path, they just destroyed the Eagles. Where it's like the Lions in a way escaped. You didn't have a bad game, but yeah. like it was a battle. It was a war. Like one play differently, you lose maybe. Yeah. Whereas like I don't know, Tampa Bay, Baker, like we were talking about, like Baker thinks he's the best quarterback left in, in these playoffs. And Jared Goff has had some confidence issues in the past and has doubted himself in the past. And can when Jared Goff is off, he is bad. He's throwing three interceptions. Yeah. Baker has that in him too. I'm not saying he doesn't. But I when Baker's riding high like this, it's just tough for me to really go against him. And like Rashad White, has come on as like a he's so like good, a, man. a top ten back in the league. You still yeah. got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Like their offense is legit. And then you have an all pro safety with Anton Winfield. Like you have some dogs at linebacker Devin White. I don't know Vita Vea on the inside. Like yeah. this is a good playoff game. I'm almost most excited for this game with that Lions crowd. And oh, they, I I hope they let him go red versus blue. Like, yeah, like I, I was yeah. I had that in my notes. It literally great red versus blue game. Like it, it's I I want to see that so badly too. The Lions cannot wear those fucking stupid gray uniforms. No. And no. if they do, I'm gonna be very upset. Uh and if I see that, I'm automatically betting the Bucks. Definitely. Automatic. Uh, definitely. Uh the Bucks are gonna be feisty in this one. Like, this is a game they could I could fully see them going out and winning. Uh, like you said, like Baker is, is walking with swag right now. If the lions win the turnover battle in this one, like if, if Baker starts throwing picks early, I think that'll kind of be the writing on the wall. Uh, if the, if the lions defense is really eating them up, they, they played before this season and the lions kind of waxed them. Um, it was when the bucks fell into that dip kind of after they won those first three games of the season. And then they went through a bit of a rut. So they weren't playing their best ball at that time, but it's definitely something that, like we said in previous matchups, kind of hangs in your mind, like the back of your mind a bit. If you're the Bucks, like we are really on both sides. You know, this team beat us once or, you know, for the Lions, we already beat this team. Like could be another look ahead. Yeah, no, the, the Bucks definitely went into a lull in the schedule, but coming into the playoffs, they're sneakily one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They, they won uh, five of their last six games. Yeah. So it's like you're peaking at the right time. But the key in this game is the Bucks aren't good at playing from behind. Like if they go down to fourteen uh, nothing halfway through the first quarter, yeah, they're in trouble. Like they're yeah. in big trouble. They just need to like, you know, go punch for punch with you. They can't get knocked down in like boxing match terms and get back up and win this match. Like it's yeah. not how it's going to work. Baker's got to come out and like they the offense and defense have to come out ready because. Detroit, man, like that crowd. Uh, I don't expect it to be the same, like the staff or like all those storylines, but they're going to yeah. be ready and they're going to be loud. But it's like be you got to, yeah, like you got to find a way for if you're Tampa to just find a way to just get first downs on your first drive, even if it doesn't result in points, get two first downs and punt it, flip the field, and then the defense get a stop. But yeah. you can't let Detroit go up to 14 nothing in the halfway through the first quarter. Otherwise, I think it's over. Yeah, I think that's the right call too. It's 
Detroit's a team that does well with momentum, so don't let them get it, essentially. Um, but I think that does it today. We had an extra long one here uh, in our return because there was a lot to cover, and there's going to be a lot to cover coming up. So expect us to come back after the divisional round. We got some great matchups this weekend. I'm just excited for like another four games. This is going to be good. Yeah, this is actually my number one favorite football weekend of the year, just yeah. uh, especially with the Sunday time slots, the 3 o'clock and then 6.30. That's, that's great, or 3.30 and 6 o'clock, whatever it is. Yeah, it's nice. Get to bed in a good hour, get some good football. But yeah, no, nice to be back and doing the pod, and it, best of luck for everyone with their bets, and enjoy a great weekend of football. Yeah, take care. Until next week, Patrick. See ya. See ya, Damien. Oops.